Hello and welcome to Stuff They Should Have Taught You in School and I am of course your host Mon Sui. Today is part three of three, the final part of uh, my interview with Nicholas Haritos. So without further ado, enjoy. Yeah, I actually asked you about your new business, your digital marketing thing. Um, so you're in the auto, so now you're moving to more towards your automotive industry, right? Yes. So, so yeah, go ahead. So I was just going to say, um, how long have you known that you wanted to be in the automotive industry for? And when did you start this business to sort of get an idea of that? You know, it hasn't happened immediately that you started making steps towards getting into that industry. Is it from when you were younger and you were studying like mechanics and stuff? Was it, did you know back then? Um, so, well, that, that's, that's a good question. And there is unfortunately not just a simple answer because it was a lot of bits and pieces that eventually came together. And, and that actually, okay. Yeah. So it started with the idea of formula, like motorsport. Like I was motorsport and I want to go back. Yeah. Yeah. So I did not know the answer to the question how, and I still, it's still kind of wobbly, but I have now a brief understanding of how I could potentially make it there. I think that the how is actually, I think it's more important to have the mindset to ask how, to understand that, you know, if you can say to yourself, how can I go and do this? Already, you've opened all the doors. They're all already right there in front of you. That's like half of it is just yeah, getting to understand that, oh, I actually can go and learn. Oh, I actually can go and do something. Sorry, let me just message this guy. He keeps calling me. Yeah, but go on, go on. Um, I think a more important question is why? Oh, yes, yes. Because why? So my ex, she, we had that conversation. And this is something very nice because I can talk about this now with pure confidence that this is what most people actually do. Many people go into like a job or something that say, okay, I'm, I make that sort of money. That's what I'm going to do. And she wanted to be a lawyer. At least that's what she wants to sell me, but I didn't, I didn't buy it. <laughs> and she was saying, okay, I want to be a lawyer. And I said, okay, I knew her. So I, I knew what her passion is. So I knew what she wants, but she just answered the question based on what she usually says, yeah. like how a human brain just works. Yeah. And she said she wants to be a lawyer. And I said, okay, why? And then she's like, well, because the money and you can help people in like the NATO, she was like in, in the military. So she was like helping a lot of things. And she, and she gave me like that list of the answer. And yeah. I said, okay, that's, that sounds nice, but 
what's the thing you actually want to do? Mm, what's actually there at the core? Like what what is what is really there that drives you? Yeah. And then she was like, what do you mean? And this I was like, okay, that's just, yeah, let's just let's just pretend you don't need any licenses, you don't need any money, you don't need mm. any anybody's approval. What would be the thing you would do for a very, very long time? And you'd be happy and, doing it, never get bored. Yeah. And then she was like, um, horseback riding. And I was like, because she did this professionally for a few years. So I knew she wants to do that. Hmm. And then I was like, okay, so why are you telling me that you want to be a lawyer? You just told me that you want to be horseback riding. But people what make you change? Like, this, is the, this is the thing. It's like, it's all good and well saying, you know, you want to do X or, or you know, you want to do Y. But for the most part, these are very like niche things, like horseback riding. How are you actually get? Yeah, it would be great if you could go and make money out of that. But this is why if you have good money management technique or if you do what I do, invest in assets, income producing assets, then you don't have to spend all your time making the money. The money is being made by itself. You spend a little bit of your time, maybe 10 hours a week doing it, and then the rest of the time you can go and explore and do something that you actually like. That's exactly the thing what I was trying to tell her. It's like, you don't need to be a lawyer to be a lawyer. You don't yeah. want to be in the NATO to help millions of people. Yeah. But you want to do horseback riding. So why don't you shift your thought process to, oh, I want to be a lawyer or whatever that is. Yeah. Ask the question, how can I get there? Because the why, your why is not, like the NATO is not the answer to your why. Because you want something completely different. Yeah. She's restricting herself just because you don't make much money with horseback riding. I get that. Yeah. That's but the thing. You want to work towards it. You don't yeah. want to work towards something completely something that you don't really enjoy because yeah. you will lose interest. And if she could, for example, become a lawyer, work in, in that industry for five years, say she's making, I don't know, 60, 70 grand, live off 20, save the rest, invest it intelligently then yeah there's no way there's the, you know it's perfectly reasonable and and feasible for that for that you know to for her then to five ten years later down the line spend the rest of her life doing horseback riding yeah. i think this idea of asking why is um something that's actually fairly new to me because maybe a few months ago my friend told me record a video of yourself um I don't know if you've ever tried this, but you record a video of yourself um, exp and you just say why you do what you do. And then and then don't listen back to it for at least 24 hours. And after a day, then listen back to it and see what you think. So I took it to the next level. I decided I'm going to start doing this every month. And the first time I did it, I said, oh, why do I do what I do? And um, most of the stuff I do, I couldn't answer it. I don't, mm -hmm. don't have a reason. 
And uh, even if I say, oh, look, I'm in accountancy because um, I'm brown and my Asian mum was a bit like, oh, you must be an accountant, which is almost a stereotype and a bit of a joke. But at the end of the day, accountancy is a, is a great qualification. You do learn a lot and not just about accounts. Um, and to answer the question, why do I want to do accountancy? Why am I doing accountancy? I can't answer it. I just, I, I, I may bring up some answers that um, kind of maybe just to, for the sake of having an answer, but they're not real. They're not the real reason why. The real reason why, um, and this is the thing I was going to say, is sort of um, the answer may come back to me. It may come back to me in uh, some time, and you don't have to know why straight away. If you just ask a question enough, you will hopefully find that answer. And well, I say hopefully because I haven't found it yet uh, for that particular thing, but for other things I do, um, for example, like playing piano or playing guitar, why do I do that? My answer was straight away because I enjoy it. Simple as that. But you can't say that about accountancy. And I can't say that about, and with, with the podcast, the answer was uh, something along the lines of, again, what I said to you is that, I want to help people because people had always come to me for advice they would looked at me like like I had my shit together or something like that and the reality is is that no one actually knows what's going on in, in there or what's going on behind the scenes they just see you like that uh just the face of you and all the rest of the stuff behind there even as if you've known them for 10 years you talk to them for hours and days on end they still still have got no clue yeah. and that's all right yeah it's it's uh, I did something similar, uh, not exactly like that, but this was an eye opener when I had when I was still employed at a chemical company as a salesperson, and I was like outside sales. So I went to hotels and restaurants to just sell them, and educate them about chemicals to clean and sanitize. And at some point, like the instruction changed to just hourly which is absolutely against this what i was standing for um i didn't got paid for the performance anymore or any longer it was purely on the hours i put in hmm. there were two things i noticed on myself what was still missing one was communication the the way how i communicated my problem and the issues i have with that new structure to the management and the other thing is, I was controlled by emotions again. Yeah. I was sad. I was upset. I was asking, why does this happen to me? So this is a wrong question to ask because why does something happen to you is not your business. It just happens. Mm. Nothing happens to you. Um, or you can rephrase it and say, why is this happening for me? You can, but it's more important to see what can I do next time Yeah, to not be in such a position. The idea there is essentially, yeah, you've had some sort of negative situation. And I mean, correct me. I mean, let me know what you think. But yeah, you had, you had some sort of negative situation. And what is the lesson from that? How do you not get that again or build from it or learn from it or grow from it yes and i realized that my start with this company like with 
um, the chemical company I started working with, and I was there for, I think, two and a half years. The purpose of this, of this job was just selling and communication. Hmm. And I had to remind myself, I have no reason for being upset about this because my purpose on like this journey was just learning sales and learning communication. Yeah. I didn't want to be rich. I didn't want to be anything with that job. For me, it was just important to learn English, which I did, and learn how to sell, which yeah. I partially did. Because they send me on training, they send me on like other things and training sessions. So I'm thankful for all of this. Mm. But that was a sign for me to just exit the company. So I basically quit. And from that start on, I started the agency first with social media management for restaurants. And then it became like a smudge of content creation for restaurants. And then I didn't know what to want to do. So the why was missing. Why do I do social media marketing? And I could be super inspiring and said, oh, I want to help millions of businesses to drive their traffic or drive their sale. But it's not the truth. The truth was I needed somehow money. I understood marketing in a certain, like in some sense. And that's it. But why was I doing this? I had no idea. I just did it. With the visit to Germany uh, last year for three months, I found my why which was why do i want like why do i do all this but what's the purpose behind it and then once i started thinking of what is the actual goal and how can this what i know now benefit me along the way and this is when i decided okay i want to be an automotive because that's something i'm genuinely interested in and you always have been by the sounds of it Exactly. So my background is in automotive. I was in a dealership. I was a technician. I was a salesperson. Yeah. So I know what the facts are. I know what the, the struggles are. And my goal is to be in like the motorsport industry. And as we all know, we have a lot of like uh, car manufacturers. They are in Formula One. They are in... Um... What exactly do you want to do within Formula One? Right drive i'm going to be the oldest driver in the formula one championship well i actually i actually do know someone that works um for one of the teams um i can't remember exactly what he does i know him not not too well but i'll i'll have a chat with him next time i see him i'm seeing him at a one of my friends housewarmings in a couple of weeks but i'll speak to him and see if I can get you any kind of contacts or something um, or some sort of pointers. Or I can't guarantee anything, obviously. Yeah, but... no, that's fine. But if I, if I have some sort of a contact, I can reach out to or like ask questions. I'm yeah, all, I, all I don't know what, I think he does some, I, I'm not sure if he's a technician or something, but he definitely works within the Formula One for one of the, one of the teams or something, I think. Yeah, but do you know which team? any chance no i don't i don't i need to have a pro- because when i first spoke i haven't i've he's um he's a he's a boyfriend of a, a girl that's in our sort of like friend group and mm-hmm. 
he's a fairly quiet guy. I've spoken to him, like, I haven't really had a proper, like, good conversation like we have today uh, with him. Um, but he's given me some, at the time when I first met him, I had a um, Mercedes, which had a lot of problems with it, as these German cars do, sorry, but they do. <laughs> you, you probably know it more than anyone else, but um, yeah, so um, yeah, he was just telling me bits and pieces about it. And it's funny because if you actually have listened to, there's one or two other episodes I think I did uh i think i did one yeah um so i only buy japanese cars so again well actually i'm not going to apologize for that because um yeah i only buy japanese cars because i had a couple of german cars and they just weren't like they're okay fair enough they were old they were older but i've had 20 year old how, what, what how old were they we have a time frame where mercedes was just trash so tell me the times like the so, the Mercedes I had was 2003, which was arguably the worst era for Mercedes, I think. Yes. And, and then I had a Volkswagen Golf. That uh, was a 2001 Golf. Okay, Volkswagen is trash. Just everyone yeah, knows just that. Yeah, that straight away. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but Mercedes, my friend has got a, um, a 1996 E-Class Coupe. You know, the classic shape, yeah. Yeah. Coupe, which is really nice. However... Uh, Mercedes did at that time decide to put a biodegradable wiring harness in, which I think cost about 700 quid for each one, and there's three of them. Uh, so, you know, look, at the end of the day, this is what I would say is like Mercedes, absolutely amazing for innovation. Without Mercedes, there's a lot of things that we wouldn't have in the car today. And what they say, isn't it? What if you want to know what's going to be the normal technology in the car? Look at an S class today. If you want to know what the normal technology in a car is going to be, sorry, in like five years time, 10 years time, look at an S class of today. And that's what is going to be in like your standard cars. Yeah. At this point in my life, I just want a, a car that will work when I get in it. And uh, unfortunately, Mercedes is not that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's, actually, it's actually funny because I, my Mercedes. I give you that. Yes, I give you that. Yes. Yeah, it's even, no. it's even funnier because I have a, a Haynes manual over there so, behind me, um, which is for the Mercedes I had because I was given this car and I was going to fix it up. Because after I had the Golf was my first car, yeah, I had so many problems with it. I've done a podcast episode on it, I think. I had so many problems with it. It turned me into a mechanic, but it taught me so much. Now I can fix pretty much anything in a car. It's provided I have the right tools for it. And I know how to go and buy a car as well, um, which I would have not known had I bought a reliable car at the beginning. That Mercedes is so funny that it says in the manual, in the Haynes manual, uh, if you turn the steering wheel all the way full lock, it will bust. The, it was it's like it may damage this power steering pump. So by design, which is very strange. So we took it out um, for a, a cheeky little drift when it was snowing. Uh, one I think this was two years ago when I had it and then we, yeah we took it out obviously whacking it full lock and then guess what <laughs> no power steering ah <laughs> oh, that's funny yeah that's uh that's um perfection in its finest um don't do don't do too much um yeah no I, I know what you mean it's it's Mercedes had some rough rough years yeah, I think I think a lot of all of the car manufacturers pretty much, except for 
except for Lexus, I would say, have fallen off since the two, early 2000s. I think the 90s cars were the best for the most part for pretty much every manufacturer. I would say so, yeah, I would agree. Um, but now, as you can probably imagine, yeah, I buy Japanese cars and it's only really Lexus and Honda, um, mainly Lexus because they just have so many features. Yes, everyone hates their infotainment system and all this and that, but if you have you been in if you ever get a chance you should try out a mark levinson sound system in a lexus because that is it's a stock sound system and it's just insane it's just so good so crystal clear no matter what music you listen to i i remember i sat in there with one of my mates and we, it was like 2 3 a.m and we were listening to like opera for like an hour and like classical music in this car even though we don't listen to that kind of music just to appreciate the sound system um but as you can probably well, tell you know but that's if you if you buy an amg from the mid 2000s you have a a nice sound system too though what like are you talking about the engine sound no no like the the, the actual, actual sound system yeah i mean yeah the exhaust is yeah of course yeah heavenly um, no, that's the thing even even with that one i had and my mates murk as well they, they do sound good except for less um less not let's just gloss over the fact that the new a classes have all got renault engines in them right yeah I don't uh, know. I'm, not, I'm not a fan of the a classes but we we in the u.s don't even have the a class here oh you don't okay good yeah <laughs> you don't want it anyway. Well, the yeah, thing is, you you have nice. You don't need such a small car in the US because everything's quite big, and there's like big roads, big parking. Honestly, spots. I wish there would be smaller cars. Really? I, I I would love to have like a smaller C class because I I right now drive a E class, uh, E five fifty. So it's it's using a lot of gas. Like, well, <laughs> you guys say, what do you guys say? Gasoline. Yeah, we can say gas or petrol or yeah. Oh, petrol, yeah. yeah. Normally we'll just say, yeah, use a lot of petrol or we call it MPGs, miles per gallon. I think you you, you have the same sort of thing, isn't it? Yeah. And it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's like chugging petrol. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's painful if you're at the gas station <laughs> or petrol station. See, this is the other thing is like, I've noticed with Hondas, they make the, I, I think they make the best engines out of all the, all the manufacturers. At least, well, I haven't had that much experience with all of them. But for example, that Golf I had, a 2001 Golf, was getting me, and even the Merc, they're both getting me, that Golf was 1.6 engine, the Merc was a 1.8 supercharged. They were both getting me about 20, 25 MPGs. Mm-hmm. Then I got a Honda Accord Type R, which is obviously, you know, the Type R's. And uh, absolutely ragged the absolute shit out of this thing. And I'm still getting the same MPG, 25 MPG. Compared to trying to drive the Golf economically, it was an automatic. I know you're going to hate me for it, but and don't worry, I, I like manuals now. <laughs> um, so I was putting it in neutral and stuff, trying to save a bit of a bit of gas, and um, still getting absolute crap MPGs. But then you get into a into essentially a rate a car made for for racing, or for you know doing corners very quickly. 
and um and it's just got insane mpgs and i mean like my friend's got an integra type r but the dc2 integra mm -hmm. um and that's a 1.8 liter engine in 1990 so in 1998 pushing 200 brake and uh, 1.8 liter engines nowadays don't can't do that without a turbo yeah but no, they've I... really done they've really done something in japan they really have a they, again they have a different way of thinking to most western people whereas germans you you're always about like more power more power isn't it <laughs> it's now it's not just more power i think if you really go that deep i would say the u.s market is more power bigger power just oh yeah definitely the, the american cars yeah they're definitely yeah. all about the big v8s and everything isn't it yeah so they have crappy mileage like they yeah. the mpg is you don't want it you just don't five mpg six mpg yeah uh, i mean i have a v8 engine a 5.5 liter yeah i was gonna say so yours is an amg line is it or is it an amg one it's still the regular but it's fully really? loaded so yeah wow that's a that's the only model in the e-class that has been launched here only like here in the us only oh okay. it's not available in europe did you say e class 550 yeah I'll yeah have a look on um just have a look at the so what year is it like a 22 2010 or something is it uh, 2008 is it 2008 okay yeah no they're nice cars they're nice cars i always like the e-classes anyway compared to yeah. this and obviously everyone loves we've got to have we've got to love this s class right yes and the g-wagon yeah. as well yeah i'm not a fan of the g-wagon but no? everyone loves it so i'm just okay i've always loved it i've always loved Hold it on, I'll be right back i need to do something real quick i'll be right back sure okay i am back Cool. Cool. Yeah. Um, so the the cars here, like I, I like German perfectionism. And I think this is what Germany is known for, like the perfectionism and perfect engineering. Well yeah. I no, it's no, they do there is a lot of like I say, um everyone does look at Germans and be like German cars and be like, Oh, they're the best. Now they are in some ways and especially innovation. Like I say, uh, you wouldn't have like half the stuff that we have here today in most cars without that. Um, and as I mean, Brown people, we love Mercedes anyway, it's almost in our blood. So I, ha I have to get another Mercedes at some point, but like a newer one. So it doesn't have all those. Problems. But why is that? That, that's something I noticed too, but I couldn't get my I head don't around. know. I don't know. We just have to. We just have to do it. We have to have a Honda Civic and uh, a Merc E-Class or S-Class. Can't do the C-Class. It's too small. Or we got to have um, like the M-Class, you know, the SUV ones. Mm -hmm. The other thing we like is big boots so we can go to the cash and carry. And that's just like, that's all we want to do is just go to the wholesalers at like Costco You've got Costco there, right? Yeah. 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 This is an American company. Yeah. I love Costco just for no reason. 
just because it's good <laughs> and then you've got to have a big boot for all of that stuff <laughs> um, but i think we should yeah. uh start to wrap it up a little bit and um we should have another book in another call anyway yeah, um, a couple of weeks time or so i'll send you a copy of this recording so you can i'll edit little bits and pieces out but um and then let me know if you but before we do finish up i did want to ask you what is the best piece of advice you've heard or one of the best pieces of it or like you know you can do two three if you want or um i would say there is just one thing and i i would say be genuinely curious be genuinely curious oh. okay yeah so that means you can ask millions of questions but if that question doesn't have or doesn't serve a purpose of yours then don't don't act that you are curious about that thing yeah like for example how do i need to build a house i don't need to know i that's not my, something that i'm curious about it's just a question for the sake of asking a question mm. but what you can do is and for my example, how do I get to Formula One? Yeah. If it's driving or just being a mechanic or a technician or engineer, or I don't know. How do I get there? Now I can ask questions all about this because I'm genuinely curious of how to get there. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be the thing. Uh, it's good. I, I, I think that that is, is very good. That piece of advice is very good. I think that, yeah, curiosity, they say, curiosity killed the cat and all this crap um that you know you shouldn't be curious and i think it stems from adults essentially telling kids don't ask too many questions because you're giving us a headache but really we should take a note out of the kids book and uh say ask as many questions as possible yeah be curious play with things understand why take it apart why does it work like this how does it work and that is where um we we move society forward because we we want to understand things we want to look at it and we like you know that um what was his name james dyson the guy that made the dyson vacuum cleaner i heard that he got very frustrated with the vacuum cleaner and he pulled it apart and he was curious why doesn't it work like it should and what has happened yeah. now we've got these much better technology and this could you know it could go into any industry be curious yeah absolutely absolutely agree with it absolutely is that, do you go to i did want to ask you as well actually do you go to like do you take your um car to to like track days and stuff do you go drive on the track at all uh no i don't no i i, I one day i w almost went but then my transmission gave up on me and i was like oh it's an old car don't don't do it just don't do it <laughs> I so one of the reasons I actually got back to the thought of I want to be in motorsport is when I used to work at the dealership here in the US um the AMG driving academy was there during yeah. that time and so we were able to drive the AMG versions that the AMG track cars um yeah. to the dealership track yeah exactly yeah we were able to drive them from the track to the shop and then from the shop back to the track nice 
it was an extraordinary experience and I'm absolutely mind-blowing grateful for this moment because that was the moment I said I need to get back to motorsport mm. I immediately like started sending out emails to all the teams in the Europe I wanted to be like part of it yeah one team reached out to me and said hey yeah we have an open seat you can come by and test drive let's okay. go wow I booked the flight five days later and just went to Italy to the test and uh, test track. And unfortunately I didn't have the money for it, but I showed up, I showed genuine interest. And oh, I that must have been an experience and a half that. Yes. I mean, I was <laughs> I needed to go. And funny enough, I let my boss know that I go. I didn't ask if I can go. Yeah, you just I said I got there. Yeah, yeah, I just told him, hey, I'm going to be gone for five days. See you later. Just let you know. Yeah. I was not asking. I was just telling I go because I want to be in motorsport. And he saw and he knew that. Yeah. And he was like, okay, just let me know when you're back. <laughs> and I was, when I think back, that was naive and stupid because I would just, boom. I risked the ink, the only source of income I, I had at the time. But you've got to take some risks. And I think sometimes yeah. risking that sometimes is the push you need. Like, you know, when you actually have, when your back's against the door is when you find the answer sometimes. And now yeah. I know you don't, you know, you don't want to put yourself into that stressful position where whatever it may be, you know, but sometimes it's good to, almost play tricks with your own mind to push yourself into that situation without fully pushing yourself into that situation. Like for example, uh, moving all your money into, um, into savings accounts, which you can't just easily access. So you feel like you're broke and then therefore you don't spend all your money on strippers or alcohol or drugs, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, and then you build the habit from there. Yeah, exactly. This is exactly what, uh, what I say to like put yourself on purpose into uncomfortable uncomfortable situations yeah that's where we go yeah so okay. if you do it on purpose it's calculated yeah it's not it's like a calculated you risk yeah. but you make you feel like you don't have a choice so you take yeah. certain actions yeah well I think on that note we'll finish up but it's been an incredibly interesting conversation and I thank you so much for, for your time and uh, for responding to my messages on Instagram I and, appreciate um, you and uh, hopefully we'll have another chat I'll edit this up into a podcast episode and um, see what, what, what it's saying yeah let me know uh, I'm absolutely down for another chat and I I appreciate that you reach out to me and uh, be genuinely curious about my story. Um, and yeah, let's inspire some kids out there. No, it's very interesting. As soon as I saw that, I was like, wow, I need to learn more about this. Um, just for, you know, even, even if it didn't turn into a podcast episode, it's well worth my time, I think. Yeah. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad to be here. And same here, um, seeing a different perspective of, of things. Was good.
it's always good to get a different perspective, isn't it? Yes. You can't always find it yourself. So you need to speak to people from different backgrounds and look at it different ways. And then you get better, a better idea. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely something I've learned when I moved to the US. There are so many things that are different than in Europe, but have the same result. And it's absolutely mind blowing how different things can work, but have the same kind of outcome. Can you give me an example? um it sounds weird but for example light switches are absolutely weird um power outlets same thing it's so okay yeah it's it's has the same purpose but it's just made differently and safety measures are definitely being Mm. taken yeah um other things toilets what do you think of the recycling in germany compared to the u.s uh what was it what do you think of the way that uh, Germany do their recycling compared to the way you at the US do it? The US recycling is absolutely outdated. Yeah, no, I thought problem. you would say that or something along those lines. Yeah, so uh, I remember my dad actually worked in Germany when I was very young. And I remember going there when I was very young. And you guys, this was 20 years ago, you had it down with recycling. And then only re- then then slowly, other countries started to. They haven't even caught up. I don't think. Yeah. So Germany, I think, if it comes down to Germany, we all think about quality. But yeah. what I really think now, since I live here now, I realize that Germany just is very good at creating systems. Hmm. Because it's easier for everyone if recycling. Is done right. Yeah. You know, if, if paper, paper yeah. plastic is plastic and glass is glass, for example, you don't need to have workers separating glass mm. and paper and plastic. Like here, you have one bin and everything that's recyclable is in that bin. So you still need the people to sort out glass. Yeah. Broken glass, there are safety hazards, metal. In Germany, you don't have those things because the system yeah. is in place. It's already so optimized that it just makes sense. Systems are just, I'm a big fan of systems and I've, I've actually been writing systems and processes for my businesses. Well, that was a lot of S's. <laughs> systems and processes for my businesses. Um, yeah, I've been writing them for, for a couple of years now and um, you know, streamlining everything, it's necessary absolutely yeah. necessary and it makes it a lot easier like for example can you yeah <laughs> um someone just walked in sorry uh yeah no it just makes it a lot easier isn't it uh, yeah. you don't have to think about things so much you can just sort of get on with it you know exactly what's up and it yes. works and it's streamlined to saves time money effort energy frustration yeah. headache everything yeah that's scalable and scalable yeah exactly and then the other thing the other reason as well is if you're using systems in your day-to-day life is that you can package those up and sell it if it's you know within the business or whatever yeah it's it's i think that's very important because it's with a system with the right system you grow faster than ever before yeah yeah Uh, meet connections or like coincidences that bring you farther than ever before 
yeah, yeah. no definitely well i will let you get on with the rest of your day yes and, um, good night hopefully sleep. it's been a good start to your day <laughs> it has it was it was uh, very very insightful and it's but, a good end to my day although i've got, still got a couple of bits and pieces to get on with after this call but um yeah. the grind never stops no it doesn't it certainly doesn't and i'm smiling away still as i'm saying this because i know what my next tasks are going to do um, what my next tasks are going to be and i know that although i might not want to do them they're going to produce good results so there you go i like that we'll get them anyway listen we'll keep in contact and yes. um, yeah uh enjoy the rest of your day man thank you so much you do the same Have take fun. care all right bye bye Well, I hope you enjoyed that final part three of three in my interview with Nicholas Haritos. You can follow Nicholas um, on all the socials. If you just Google his name, Nicholas Haritos, N-I-C-L-A-S-H-A-R-I-T-O-S or type in nicholasharitos.com at Nicholas Haritos on, Insta in, on Instagram, Twitter and all the socials. The links are also and the details are actually also in the show notes below. If you did like this episode and the other two episodes, please do consider subscribing, sharing this episode or emailing me with your key takeaways. Thank you and I hope to see you on the next episode.